In the most divisive of times, the great debates rage on. Who was the best Batman? Was the book truly better than the movie? Did Han shoot first? Nerds with opinions will seek to answer life's greatest questions. Hello there, fellow nerds. You are listening to Nerds with Opinions, episode number 95. As always, I'm your host, Matt Holman. Today on the podcast, it is a another solo outing. It's just me, and I am doing a Marks with Opinions episode. We're talking some wrestling, and we are talking about Royal Rumble 2021. It was a great show. I break it down in detail, the whole card, give my thoughts on it, here today on Nerds with Opinions. We're live. We're going. We're doing this thing. And when I say we, uh, it's just you and me. It's myself and you, the listener. I don't have a guest. We're we're running uh, another solo episode back, and that's okay. This is a good uh, it's a good way for me just to get episodes out. People are busy. You know, it's uh, life's crazy right now with the pandemic, and uh, my life's crazy with. Just the different things that I do. I have two jobs. I have a band. And then there's this podcast. So to give the podcast the attention it deserves, I am going to be doing some more solo episodes. So I'm putting out frequent content. And when I can get guests, great. If I can't, I might be doing some more of these solo ones because, you know, I, I feel like I have a uh, enough to talk about and hopefully have an educated opinion on whatever the subject matter may be, and hopefully I'm entertaining enough to hold a podcast episode on my own. Today, I will be talking about, we're going to be doing a Marks with Opinions episode, wrestling episode, and we're going to be talking about Royal Rumble 2021. It was a fun show. It was a good show. You know, and I got to be honest, as much as I will at times roll my eyes, maybe be a little critical of what sort of booking decisions, kind of overarching, or just kind of like decisions on how they operate their company, the WWE does, I actually have been impressed with their pay-per-views during the pandemic. I think it's forced them to have shorter cards that have a, a tighter lineup. Um, meaning that they're not just throwing a ton of matches on there just for the sake of it and having these like ridiculously long shows that if they aren't really engaging all the way through that has some serious lulls and some like filler matches. Um, you know, and a long show, as long as you deliver, it's great. But if you don't, I honestly think that a better approach is kind of like what they've done with NXT where like less matches on the card, give a little more time to each of those matches. And usually it's for the better and they've been doing more of that. So I, I honestly, I, I think they've like really delivered with most of their, their pay-per-views. 
I just think their overall kind of booking and especially the week-to-week shows, that's what's been a little rough. But this was an awesome show, a really awesome show. And let's just get right into it. It was, you know, again, like short card, but but you should have a short card when you have two Royal Rumble matches on a card. So let's get into it. Uh, the pre-show was Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeating Asuka and Charlotte Flair for the tag team, uh, the women's tag team titles. So I, I think you could see this this coming, you know. I mean, Asuka is the current Raw women's champion, and her and Charlotte kind of just got thrown together. And usually with those kind of like thrown together teams, especially when one, one person is already a champion, it, it is like it's supposed to be like temporary. Usually, though, it's done in a way where it builds tension between those two and they're eventually going to work that out. It seems like Charlotte is now in a program with with Lacey Evans, though, and it seems like Asuka's moving on to other things. So I don't know. It's just this kind of weird stopgap, and I don't know if it was just a way to – I mean, it was literally – you know, Asuka and Charlotte winning the titles was just a way to bring Charlotte back on, t- on TV. Um, and I didn't have a problem with it when they did win, uh, so it, it didn't need to be long-term. Uh, I'm not huge on Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler – either one of them individually or as a team for that matter. But I, I do I do think that the kind of thrown together short-term booking teams like an Oscar and Charlotte Flair, if they are going to have the titles, it should be short-lived. So if that was just to kind of like put Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler back over as like, oh, wow, I mean, they beat like two of the best women wrestlers of all time Great, that's fine. It achieved what it needed to achieve. This was a you know decently solid match. Um, nothing really to write home about, but not a bad way to for the to open the show with the with the pre show. Um, the the opening show for or the opening match for the main card was Drew McIntyre defeating Goldberg in a singles match for the WWE title. Let me tell you, Goldberg gets a lot of flack, a lot of flack. And a lot of hate. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, he's he's said a few things in the past that are that are kind of dumb. And, you know, he seems to kind of like maybe take himself a little too seriously. And I think that the kind of current Smart Mark fan, you know, doesn't love him. And they don't love the the well, they don't love all part term part timers coming in and taking the the spots of like the full-time wrestlers or you know having the the title but i'm going to i'm going to make a few cases here for goldberg for one he's a draw and he's always been a draw and let me tell you as much as you know it was fun when he originally came back and had those really short matches with with Brock and, you know, we weren't really worrying about titles and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, he then beats Kevin Owens for the championship. And now, you know, he's he's beat a few people for titles, uh, you know, these kind of full-time younger wrestlers. But here's the thing. Listen, 
he might love being a champion when he has been a champion, but it's not him that's making the decision to be the champion. It's Vince McMahon. So if you're pissed off that Goldberg has been a champion in the last few years, or you're pissed off that he was in this title match against Drew McIntyre, don't direct your anger at Goldberg. Direct your anger at WWE creative. Because here's the thing. Goldberg is just getting paid to do what he does. He does short matches. He does a limited move set. And it's it's the character. It's the aura. We all know what it is. And it's like, dude, everybody was cool with it in the 90s, you know, when he was doing the streak. And everybody was cool with it, you know, when he came back and had the thing with Brock. But then it was, as soon as then it was like a, a title thing. I get it. Like, you know, sh- should he have beat The Fiend? Absolutely not. But... You can't tell me that if you weren't in his position and you were like had in a in a situation where they threw a ton of money at you and they said, hey, oh, by the way, you get to be the champion, <laughs> like anybody would do it. And so it's like, I, I feel like we got to give Goldberg a little bit of a break. Um, and I think booked in the right kind of match, booked it the right kind of way that he has a name, he has drawing power. And I think this was an example of using him correctly. Um, again, you know, I, I will play devil's advocate and I, I, I totally get where people are coming from, where a guy, his age, and he's a part-timer doesn't need to be a champion. I totally feel like that. I didn't think he needed to beat Kevin Owens when he beat him. I didn't think he needed to beat the fiend at all. Cause that really, really hurt his momentum. But the fact of the matter is, is he's not the one making these decisions. So it's like, let's, let's, let's lay off Goldberg. And again, like I think utilized in the right way, he, he can, he can still put on interesting, compelling matches. This match was two minutes and 32 seconds, just as long as it needed to be. And it was like for that two minutes and 32 seconds, it was exciting. It was, it was, it was what a Goldberg match should be. You know, we had some, we had some spears, we had a jackhammer, you know, and it was, they don't need to be, they don't need to be long matches. And I, you know, I, I think squash matches can be, can be problematic, but I mean, this isn't really a squash match. It's just a quick Goldberg match, very much like, you know, ultimate warrior before him where, uh, I mean, of course, you know, Goldberg and, and warrior both, you know, have, have done plenty of, plenty of squash matches, but this had a little bit of back and forth for both guys. And we don't need to have like, you know, an hour long Broadway between Goldberg and Drew McIntyre, even though I'm sure Drew could probably, you know, pull it off. But this is using Goldberg the correct way. I don't think that, you know, there has been a few matches that were real stinkers, you know, since Goldberg has been back around that were longer that it's like, "Mm, that's not that's not what he does. Like, don't don't be putting him in those kind of matches. And again, that's not his fault. That's how he's being booked. And. Uh, you know, or or situations where like you're going to have the fans, you know, backlash against him in a situation where, you know, you have him beat the person that is like the most over in the company, like the fiend or whatever. So this was a situation where, of course, like he should not be beating Drew and Drew, you know, it like a, a, a victory over Goldberg. Like there hasn't been too many people that have actually beat him. So. A victory over him, like, you know, even though he's old, like, it 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 really helps Drew out. 
It legitimizes him even further. And it brought a, a brought a buzz and a lot of attention. And, you know, I, I think this is how part-timers should be used. And, and it, you know, in some instances, I think like short little title runs, whatever, like they can be interesting, you know, and it can, it, it can add to it. I think you have to do it the right way. And, and WWE with part-timers, I, I think they, they more often than not haven't done it the right way, but it's, it's possible. Um, but I loved this match. It felt like an old nineties Goldberg match. And, uh, it just further cemented drew as the top, the top guy. And, um, yeah, I loved it. Next match, Sasha Banks defeated Carmella with Reginald by submission in a singles match for the WWE women's title. This was an awesome match. Really awesome match. I wish they would have given them more time. It was uh, just a little over 10 minutes, but uh, I'm really liking the changes with Carmella. She's got a different, uh, you know, slightly different look. Her gear's different. She's got different music. She's got a a different attitude. It, it's, it, she's not, she's definitely a different type of heel than she was when she was like the Mela is money sort of character. Um, and you know, like when she was running around with James Ellsworth, this, this feels like a different character. I, I love Reginald, by the way, the fact that they have like an on screen sommelier character <laughs> is amazing. And yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just love everything they're doing with, uh, with these two, I think it was right booking for Sasha to retain, but Hey, I, I think sometime, you know, this year or maybe early next year that Carmela should uh, be back in the title picture. I, I think she, sh she should get the belt at, at some point because I think she's one of the better female heels. So I like this match and, um, uh, Sasha's on fire. Like everything she's been doing has been great. So awesome match in the 30 woman Royal Rumble match. Bianca Belair is the Royal Rumble winner and she eliminated Rhea Ripley. So let's talk about a few of the, the surprises and, and whatnot um, in the women's Royal Rumble match. So I really liked this match. Um, Royal Rumbles can be can be hard. And I think they're still kind of trying to find their footing on how to do a woman's Royal Rumble, meaning like how to book it, who to put in this. They did a good job, I think, in putting in more surprise entrants that were either NXT people or if they were free agents that, you know, like former WWE superstars and they came in, there are people that are still like, you know, actively wrestling and can still go. Um, and they, they had less people that, how to put this in, an, in a nice way. They had less people in it that were not very good wrestlers or, or way too past their, their prime. So some of the, some of the surprises um, you had Shotzi Blackheart, Tony Storm, Santana Garrett, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Ember Moon, all from NXT. And you know, it's, it's not ever 100% clear, like how they're going to utilize NXT on these like main roster WWE shows, but I think that's great. It, um, 
it was a a good way to you know give these women some more exposure it mixes it up i mean cuz they're you know more of the younger talent and i mean some of these women like Rhea Ripley especially um had a hell of a showing hell of a showing and then in terms of like free agents or former WWE superstars, you had Jillian Hall, which that was a big surprise. She hasn't been around in a really long time and she looked good. Like she, you know, I mean, like for what she did in there, it, it, it all looked good. It all looked sound. And, um, she had a, a funny kind of thing with, uh, Billy Kay. So it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a fun, um, it was a fun addition and and she's just like a funny character. So, uh, Victoria, I, dude, I marked out for that. I marked out for that. She hasn't been around a really long time. And I think, she, I mean, she's arguably maybe like the oldest person that was in this match, but dude, she can still go. She can still go and had a decent showing. And it was, it was fun to see her in there. Cause I, I think she was one of the most underrated, women wrestlers in her in her day it, between her time uh in WWE and in TNA um I don't think she ever got the credit she deserved because when women's wrestling was 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 really rough and 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 you know there wasn't a whole lot of like really good women wrestlers she was one of the really good women wrestlers so that was pretty cool Alicia Fox showed up I've never been a huge Alicia, Alicia Fox fan but I mean she can still go and every you know she's everybody knows her she's a name Let's see here. Whom else? Uh, Tori Wilson showed up and, uh, you know, I mean, Tori's a Hall of Famer, so she was the one Hall of Famer in the match. So you got to have a Hall of Famer. And, you know, she she did a good job. Mickey James was a surprise. She's been kind of back on TV, but apparently she's like kind of part timer status now from what I hear. But I, I'm a huge Mickey James fan and she didn't have a, you know, a, a really significant showing, but I, I'm always going to you know, be happy that, uh, the Mickey's in, um, Rhea Ripley had the most eliminations with seven. Um, and a few other people that had really significant stuff. Nia Jax had four. Shayna Baszler had six. So, I mean, they really booked them as kind of the monsters and the eventual winner, Bianca Belair had four eliminations and Bianca uh, beat a record for the most time spent in a Royal Rumble. She was in, she was third out and she was in for 56 minutes and 52 seconds. So a long, a long time. <laughs> and you know what? I think this was, this was really good booking. It was, it was the right booking. There were, there was a few other people that I would have been fine with. I would have been fine with Bailey. I would have been fine with. Naomi, Naomi was uh, the other person that was in it the the um, the next longest. I'd have been fine with Ruby Riot, even though I didn't see her actually winning. I'd have been fine with Alexa Bliss. I don't think here. Okay, that's one thing. I don't think Alexa Bliss was in it long enough for how like over she is and how significant she is with like the storylines lately. That was a mistake, in my opinion. And, um, Rhea Ripley, I would have been fine. She, you know, she was, she was one of the final two. I would have been fine if she would have won too. But Bianca, I think is, is a good, is a good choice because she's really, really over 
And she's got it all. She can talk. She's one of the strongest, like, just pound for pound wrestlers, period. And she has really good in-ring work. She's got great charisma. There's a lot of upsides to her. And I, I, I'd i be curious to see who she's going to challenge. But, I mean, ooh, to me, like a Sasha Banks match, her and Sasha at Mania, oh, that could be, that could be absolute fire. But I think her and Asuka could be great too. Um, you know, that is if Sasha and Asuka both are the the champions um, coming out of uh, the Elimination Chamber match, but or the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. But either way, I think, you know, pushing young up-and-coming people is, is smart. Uh, I've seen Bianca wrestle in person and, and she's extremely talented. So... I, I'm I was happy with that. And it's always fun to see somebody new and, and like her her reaction to winning was really heartwarming because you could tell like it was a it was a real organic natural reaction and, and yeah, it was really it was a good moment. It was a good moment. So let's move on to the next match. Roman Reigns defeated Kevin Owens in a last man standing match for the Universal title. I love this match. Hey, you know, I gotta say, Roman since he has turned heel, has been so on top of his game. I already had a ton of respect for him and thought he was one of the best in the business, even when people were hating on him. And But, man, I think he has so come into his own as a heel. I think he, any anything that he accomplished as a babyface, he's totally outdone uh, now as a heel. His, his in-ring work is great. I think he's really figured out his style. As a heel, he he works slow, he works methodical, and it's just a great fit for him, man. And he's like his his promos are just uh, like absolutely great. It, it's best stuff he's done of his career, and um, I've always been a Roman fan, and I'm I'm so glad to see him as a heel because I think it's it is his best form, and Kevin Owens. One of my favorites. I, the dude's amazing. And this match, oh my gosh, they did some crazy stuff. Crazy bumps, crazy spots. Really, really brutal, rough match. These guys beat each other to pillar to post. Would I have liked to seen Kevin won? Yes. I didn't necessarily expect that to happen. So I, I and I'm, I'm fine with the outcome. You know, I, like Roman is their biggest heel right now. And... He's he's killing the game. He's doing a great job. So I think like, you know, they're they're going to they're going to try to have a real big payoff for when he drops the title. I I'm assuming that, you know, the earliest it would be would be WrestleMania and I don't even know. Like that might not even happen. He might ha have it longer than that. But he's so dominant since he has won the title. He's been so dominant since he's won the title, excuse me. And he's he's you know, in such a such uh, an amazing run right now that like I, I do think that whoever does beat him it's gonna really really put them over so I'm very curious to see how this plays out I, I would be totally fine if the Kevin Owens rivalry continued though because it's it's been intriguing I uh and I I'm I'm a big proponent of pushing Kevin because I, I don't think you know he I don't think he, you know, he was the universal champion, but I don't think he really got the shine that he deserved in that run. And he hasn't had 
that like main top top of the book card uh you know top title run since then so i would like to see that but great match loved it and finally in the main event in the 30 man royal rumble match for a title shot at wrestlemania the returning edge won by eliminating randy orton Man, this was a a great Royal Rumble match. And Edge is the winner. I had no problems with that. I mean, you know, there was there was a few people that I was kind of pulling for maybe more. Because I mean Edge has won, you know, before and he he's been at the mountaintop before, but there's, you know, like 10 years apart from his last Royal Roman. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of story there. And obviously like they, they want to capitalize on, on him being back and, and push him. And, you know, as, um, as a top guy. And I think whomever he faces, whether that be Drew or Roman, or I think this is way far more unlikely or a, uh, you know, Finn Balor, as uh, for the NXT title, again, don't think that's going to happen. But he's going to elevate that person. He's going to elevate, uh, you know, one of these young guys. My thing is, I would have preferred somebody that either hadn't won a Royal Rumble, or more specifically, somebody who hadn't won and really, really needed it. Or even it could be somebody that's won one, but like they didn't really capitalize on it. So I'm, th- I'm talking like a, a Shinsuke Nakamura. He's won one, but you know, he still has never been WWE champion or the universal champion. And, or I think of like AJ Styles, you know, he's done it, done it all, but he's not won a Royal Rumble yet. Or Cesaro, who has never got a run as a champion. And he's been in the company forever and he's one of the best wrestlers they have. It's so frustrating. I mean, I think Cesaro was the guy I was pulling for the most. And yeah, it was disappointing. It was disappointing that he, he didn't win. You know, or... I look at, you know, like a guy like Daniel Bryan, all the things he's done, hasn't won a Royal Rumble. So I, I think I was pulling more for like the the underdog folks. Um, Ziggler, that would have been an, another amazing one. That's like, he's a guy that has never got that big shot. But that being said, um, I totally understand why it was Edge and you know, it was an emotional win and, and I, I'm certainly not mad about it. Um, edge was in the match for a really long time, 58 minutes and 30 seconds. And I don't know if that was a record. I don't think it is. Cause I think, let's see here. No, I don't think so, but he's one of the only few wrestlers that, um, won the match being the number one entrant. And, I loved how him and Randy Orton, their rivalry played out in this match. You know, they, they, they're fighting on the outside. Randy Orton gets hurt and goes to the back. And you knew, and you knew, like, <clears throat> he's going to come back. He's going to come back. And I thought he was going to screw Edge. Like, Ed, it looked like Edge was going to win, and then Orton was going to win. So that kind of 
that little shift surprised me, you know, that, um, that edge was prepared for it and he eliminated Orton. But, uh, so, so that I thought was kind of fun and interesting and a a good way to, to keep kind of playing their, their rivalry. I'm curious to see if, if they're going to do more with that, like, you know, is, is Randy going to win one of these titles before WrestleMania? So they have to pay that off at WrestleMania. I'm hearing not. I'm hearing that Edge wants to do something different with somebody else different, which again, I'd be fine with. Um, You know, we have had a couple of Randy and Edge matches and, you know, I kind of almost feel like they could run one more back after Mania maybe. But I think uh, a few highlights for me were... um, Big E looked really good in this match. So did uh, Damian Priest. Damian Priest had four eliminations. So did Big E. They had the most eliminations out of everybody. Uh, Obviously, Edge, you know, looked great. I mean, for his age, the fact that he was in the match the whole entire time. Bravo. Bravo. It was uh, Bobby Lashley looked pretty dominant in it. He wasn't in very long, but he eliminated three people. There was some... There were some fun surprises in this. There were some returns. There were some some uh, legends that came back. Uh, Damian Priest showed up. He was the lone NXT person in this match, and and now this is kind of his call up to the main roster. And he, like I said, he had a great showing. He was in the match for a while and uh, did a really really good job. Uh, Shinsuke, you know, I mean, he, he didn't eliminate anybody, but he was in the match for a while and he had a good showing. Like I said, so did Cesaro. I was hoping for both those guys. Uh, Daniel Bryan was in the match for quite a while and he had a good showing. So did Matt Riddle. Ooh, Matt Riddle. Actually, I think he, he had a really, really like career defining performance and, um, didn't eliminate a ton of people. He had one elimination, but he had some really good, interesting exchanges with people. There was a uh, specifically, a moment towards the end of the match where he and Daniel Bryan had a chain wrestling technical submission styled match basically in the middle of the Royal Rumble match. And it was mind blowing and I loved everything about it. And it was, it was awesome. And I, you know, there was some moments where Riddle kind of showed like he could have some interesting exchanges with a lot of different people. Um, so that was that was cool. Uh, so let's see here. Who who all did we? Okay, I'm looking at the list. So there was there was some returns. Um, Elias was one of the returning returning superstars. Um, good to have him back. I'm, I wish they would do more with him, but glad that he's back. There was, who else? Oh, Seth Rollins, big return. Um, He's been gone for a while. He showed back up, had a decent showing, had three eliminations. He was kind of at the end of the match. And um, there was kind of a moment, like it almost looked like he might, you know, be close to winning. Braun Strowman showed back up. He was the number 30 uh, entrant. He he played a significant um, role. And in terms of kind of legends that that came back, 
Carlito showed up. Did not expect Carlito. He was not somebody I would have that was on my my uh, surprise entrant list. And holy crap, he's shredded. He's in such good shape. He's in such good shape, and he had a good showing. It was uh, I was glad to see him. He was on the next ride night on Raw. He hasn't been back since, but I, I, man, he's a person that I look at him like an MVP, you know, where MVP kind of came back from the company last year by, by, um, doing the Royal Rumble. And then now he's like had a really significant, you know, role on the show for the past year. And honestly, he's like done amazing things with the, with the Hurt business. So I look at like Carlito and I'm like, sign him. Like I, I would love if they did a deal with him. I, I think he's somebody that is a veteran, you know, but is young enough that he can still, there's still some miles that, you know, he, he's got on him. And I, I think they could do some, some interesting stuff with him if he was, you know, willing to do business, but it was good to see him back. I always thought he was a, a pretty underrated wrestler. Kane returned. Gotta love, you gotta love Kane. And, you know, he was in the match, um, for a fairly short amount of time. I mean, in the time he was, he eliminated two people though, in classic uh, Kane uh, fashion. And uh, he broke his own record for most Royal Rumble appearances. And Kane is, he's he's the man, you know, and obviously like the Royal Rumble, uh, one of the Royal Rumble goats, he's never won one, but he's like, he had like the elimination record, a single Royal Rumble elimination record for the longest time. And, you know, been in the most Royal Rumbles, the guys, you know, pretty advanced age at this point. I think let's, he's gotta be late forties, early fifties. Um, how old is mayor Glenn? 53, 53. And he's a full-time mayor. And he came in here, kicked some ass and I, I love Kane. I, uh, I've always been a big fan. So it was really cool to see him. And he had a good uh, exchange with Damian priest and, and I, I saw this interview with Kane uh, after the show and he put Damien over and I think it's cool. Uh, I, I like seeing that kind of stuff. And I think that's a good way to, to bring to bring uh, legends and, and former superstars back in the fold. Hurricane Helms was a surprise. Gotta love me some Hurricane. And he was barely in the match. <laughs> it was like a really quick elimination. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, Hurricane's a great character and and uh Shane Helms is a is a really is a really good wrestler and a, and a guy that I don't think got enough credit for being a good wrestler but also just like doing great character work and yeah fun stuff always good to see him and then I think probably the biggest surprise that no one expected that no one expected uh, was Christian returning and Christian was in the match for a long time, 18 minutes and 12 seconds. Man, I, w- I would have never guessed that he would have been one of the entrants. I, I just thought that he was done because, you know, I mean, there has been these, you know, kind of crazy returns of people coming back from career ending injuries, you know, because like medical science is just r- advanced so far that, you know, you have a guy like Edge that, you know, had spinal stenosis that, you know, can come back. You have a Daniel Bryan that had like horrible concussions and, you know, can come back. And, you know, but Christian, I like, he, he you know, he just, he, he had terrible concussions and just could never get cleared. 
And I just, I just never, never expected to see him again. And man, I popped so hard. I lost my mind. I was marking out. So glad to see him back. Um, he was always one of my favorites. And, you know, even though like Edge always kind of got more of the shine, I always thought Christian was really, really, really good. And he didn't get enough credit. Um, you know, it seemed to be kind of up in the air whether or not this was just a one-off or is he going to wrestle more? I mean, fingers crossed. I, I, I want him to do more. I want him to, to, to do more just because, you know, for the fact that like, if he can come back and, and go like any, he, dude, he looked good in this match, looked real good. Like he hadn't lost a step at all. It's, you know, I mean, to me it was, he, he his career was cut short. So I'd love to see him, you know, end on a high note and mix it up with some of these guys. Like I think of like, man, he had some crazy matches in TNA with AJ Styles. And I'm like, dude, give me that in WWE, you know, or like, or younger guys that he's never, ever worked. Um, like I, I, oh my gosh, like him and Seth Rollins could be amazing. Him and Cesaro, Nakamura, oh, Daniel Bryan. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, there's just the possibilities are endless. And it's really glad to have him back. But okay, so, you know, um, the one thing I want to say about this, and I'm going to go back to the Goldberg thing. I saw people loving the fact that Edge won and that Christian returned. Here's the problem with kind of fickle, fair weather sort of fans you have people that laud and hate everything about part-timers oh part-timers they're 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 taking all the spots from the other wrestlers and you know they're they're you know part-timers shouldn't have title runs and everything and in a lot of ways like i do agree with that but it's like you you can't have a double standard you can't be you know oh i hate goldberg he's the worst old oldberg oldberg you know and oh you know it's he shouldn't be the champion and he shouldn't be in the match with Drew McIntyre. And then you're like marking out for edge winning the Royal rumble. So I guess the point I'm making is like, I, I get both sides of it. I, I totally do. And I, you know, there's been instances where, you know, when you have like a Brock Lesnar, who's like a champion for over a year and then he barely shows up. I don't love that, you know? And so it's like, I, I do think there's a, there's a right way to do it, you know? And if you're going to have a part-timer be, a champion, like, let's try to make it limited. If you're going to have a part-timer be in these, like, t you know, big marquee matches, like, try to do it the right way. But the, the fact of the matter is, it's like, it's, it's, it's a business. And these are proven draws. And of course, like, you know, you, you're not going to ever have, like, your current crop of guys be, you know, proven draws without, like, giving them these sort of marquee matchups, but this isn't necessarily anything new. I mean, like you had WrestleMania 18, you had Hogan, Hulk Hogan versus the rock in one of the premier matches, you know? And at that point, like Hogan was pretty, pretty deep into his career, you know? And like, honestly, it was, it was just such a kind of, an exciting sort of like, wow, like fantasy matchup that it, you know, it, it worked, but physically like, man, like Hogan looked rough in that match. And it was just like the crowd really like helped that match out. And the way that those guys like told the story 
helped that match out. But I mean, like the point I'm getting at is like, this isn't anything new. This is not anything new that, you know, like big names come back and, you know, we'll have a match at, at, at mania or, or other shows or whatever. And I guess the point is that I'm trying to make is I, I just, I, I just can't get like fickle wrestling fans when it's like, you know, they'll complain and complain and complain about, you know, one person and then somebody else does something very, very similar and then they, they're okay with it. Um, I do think the edge is a lot more endearing to fans <laughs> than Goldberg, but you know, it's the fact of the matter is, is these guys make money. They make money. They make money for WWE and, and, and that's the long and the short of it, you know, should, um, uh, should there be, you know, an up and coming person or somebody who's been there for a really long time that hasn't ever got a shot? Should they be the ones getting these shots? Sure. I, I do think so. But I think that you can live in a world where a veteran seasoned wrestler can come in and really help out some of these young people by, you know, either teaching them things or just having their name attached to them. You know, it puts them over. Um same thing with like, you know, again, I see a lot of people complain about Goldberg, but then, you know, you got Sting over in AEW and less people are complaining about that. And it's like, well, in a lot of ways, it's it's somewhat similar, you know, and I love Sting, so I have no problem with that. But, you know, AEW is doing the same thing and people are just really like rough on WWE. And then, you know, I get it. Like WWE makes themselves a, a target. But I guess that's my my rant on this. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Edge was a feel-good win. Him and Christian, when Christian came out and then they're both, like, crying and they hugged, that felt like a real moment. I, I think it must have been. And, like, so there's, you know, there's something cool about that. Especially, like, to me, I think it's it's hard not to it's hard, it's hard not to like a situation where you have two wrestlers that were, they had their careers cut short and you never thought that they could come back and they never thought they could come back. And then they do. It's hard not to like, kind of want to cheer for that. So, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where yes, there's going to definitely be some part-timer X stars, you know, that are taking up marquee matches at WrestleMania. But again, that's nothing new. That's nothing new. And, you know, I, I think that you do need some, some, some seasoned vets on your roster. You always do it. It's going to help out the younger cats. So, but I'm just hoping that, you know, like guys like Cesaro and, and guys like Shinsuke Nakamura and wrestlers like a Nikki Cross or a Mandy Rose or a Shotzi Blackheart that, you know, that they'll get their, their shots as well. But this was a good show. And, uh, I love the Royal Rumble. I think it's my favorite pay-per-view aside from WrestleMania. It's always exciting. Like the Royal Rumble matches specifically, like they're just, they're full of intrigue. And, um, despite not having a real crowd, like this still felt really fun. And, um, I, I found myself kind of like, forgetting that there wasn't a crowd there for a minute. And it was just, I, you know, I got caught up with the, the surprise, the shock value of it. So it was good. It was good. I, I, uh, I think this was a good show. So that's all I've got. And I will be back 
maybe with some guests to review kind of some of the more of the the other WWE shows between now and WrestleMania. And we're going to definitely cover WrestleMania. I've I've missed a lot. I, I haven't, you know, done a wrestling pay-per-view review up until just recently um, for quite a while. So, but I'm, uh, I'm trying to get back into it. I'm always watching the shows, but, you know, I'm trying to get back into into talking about them on the podcast, but Royal Rumble, I can't not do that. That's a, that's a big show. So that is all I've got for you folks. Thanks so much for checking out the episode and I'll see you down the road. All righty, nerdy nerdies. That is the episode. Thanks so much for checking it out. And if you are digging what I'm doing here on Nerds with Opinions, make sure you're following me on social media at nerds underscore opinions on both Twitter and Instagram and nerds with opinions on Facebook. If you're on Apple Podcasts, rate and review this. It really helps me out. If you're on Spotify, just make sure you're following Nerds with Opinions and share this episode with your homies if you feel so inclined. Thanks so much for checking it out. As always, I am your host, Matt Holbin, and you have been listening to Nerds with Opinions. (laughs) 